It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! Friday, Friday, Friday. What's up, Dolphins? And welcome into the Friday, June the 22nd edition, the second longest day of the year edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we're going to talk about which stat is the most telling for a team's success, which wide receiver am I convinced now will have a breakout season in 2018, and we'll crown the Dolphins 2018 fan favorite, and we're kicking off a new segment today called Futility Friday. We'll get to all of that and more, but first, I kindly invite you guys, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review once you are there. Give me a follow on Twitter, at NFL for all the latest and greatest on GIFs and video breakdowns, cut-ups, all that stuff. Follow the show at LockedOnFins, and of course, LockedOnDolphins.com, the hottest blog in the Lockdown Network. We have a piece up right now on that breakout wide receiver. You can check that out on LockedOnDolphins.com. And of course, the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts, like the Lockdown Heat podcast and Lockdown NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Again, Travis Wingfield with you here. I am a longtime fan of the team, longtime writer for the team, as well as the NFL. And of course, doing the Lockdown podcast and blog for about a year now. So those are my credentials for you guys. Let's go ahead and kick this podcast off with first down talking about the new Dolphins fan favorite. That's another Miami Dolphins. And I don't know that I would call it new or that it's even over yet, but it is late on Thursday evening as I record this podcast and the voting is not quite over yet, but there is a 60 to 40 lead on that battle right now between Cameron Wake and Ryan Tannehill for the ultimate Dolphins fan favorite. And I was hoping Cam Wake would take it down and it looks like he's going to at 61% now as I check the actual stats on that. And he deserves to be the, the Dolphins fan base's favorite player until he retires just because of what he came from, what he's been. I equate him to the Felix Hernandez of the Miami Dolphins. If you guys aren't baseball fans, I'm a big Seattle Mariners fan. Felix Hernandez was the best pitcher in baseball for several years, and the Mariners could not could not field, not just field a winning team, but field even a competent team most of those years he has been there. And he refused to leave. He always wanted to be in Seattle. He was forever grateful to them for giving him his opportunity to become a major league pitcher. And he has spent his entire career in a city and for a baseball team that has not gone to the playoffs since he became a major leaguer back in 2004. So he has this innate ability to make himself super popular through the fan base and produce at an unreal rate up until a very high age. Cam Wake is so deserving of all of our love and admiration. Will be in the Ring of Honor someday, belongs in the Hall of Fame someday. But for now, he'll have to settle for 2018 Locked On Dolphins fan favorite going into the season. And... Talking about the quarterback play and a pass rusher, one of the stats I saw brought up on a Twitter account or maybe it was a podcast, I can't recall what it was. I, I digest a lot of football information every single day. 
was talking about passer rating differential. And I wanted to go back and look at some of the teams that have had success in the league and what the Dolphins have had in regards to passer rating differential and how they kind of impact one another. And I think passer rating is a great stat, not for the quarterback. I think it's somewhat telling for the quarterback, but you can really learn a lot about how well a team played through the passing game just based off passer rating. And it works the other way too for the defense and passer rating allowed. And all these playoff teams are always near the top of the league in passer rating differential. And you go back to 2016, the Dolphins, Ryan Tannehill got off to a slow start. His passer rating was very bad in the beginning of the year, picks it up towards the end of the year, but it all came out to a 93.5 passer rating, which was 4.7 points higher than their defensive passer rating allowed, giving them a positive conversion on that, putting them in the top 15 of the NFL, and of course, leading to 10 wins and a playoff berth. Last year, you go back and Jay Cutler was all the way down in the 70s and the passer rating allows up in the 90s. There was a 14-point drop-off from Dolphins passer rating allowed to what Jay Cutler was. So literally an 18-point change in passer rating differential from year 2016 to year 2017. It's so obvious where that comes from. The number of throws that Jay Cutler missed every game and and Ryan Tannehill, he's not going to make all the throws that Jay Cutler missed, but you figure he makes more than what Jay Cutler did. And it's, it's there for you on the film. It's there for you in the numbers. You can check that out yourself if you don't believe me. But trust me, I know it's all there. And then you look at the defense and the number of three and outs and the number of turnovers and costly just mistake for the Dolphins offense. I'm going over watching this receiver that we're going to talk about here shortly. I'm going over his film from 2017 and several of his catches late in the year came on third and 12, third and 15, third and 18, constantly behind the sticks, quarterback dropping snaps, quarterback fading away from throws, skipping the ball to the receiver, taking unnecessary sacks, just playing bad football. So you get that big upgrade at the quarterback position. It helps the offense, obviously, tremendously. It helps the defense stay off the field for so many snaps that wears them down. Because if you guys recall, this Dolphins defense was near the top of the league in a lot of categories, run defense, scoring defense, yardage allowed through the first six games after that Falcons game. And then the Jets game, they were okay. Not very good, but they kind of held their own in the second half. And then you get to that Baltimore game on Thursday night, and they exploded, and they never recovered from that. William Hayes got injured in that game, so that, I mean, I don't know if he was the deciding factor in all of that. But you get the idea that this offense continuously being futile in its own attempts really wore down the defense and it resulted in one of the league's worst passer rating differentials in the NFL. So that's a big, big stat, a big area to look at this year. you got to figure with the Dolphins and Tannehill and all these new weapons that he has. I talked about it on Twitter with Ron Kniff, the former host of Locked on Dolphins podcast here, about why I'm so confident in Ryan Tannehill this year. The system benefits him. It takes away his biggest weakness, which is identifying robbers and underneath coverage and guys that aren't that are in a place where they weren't supposed to be pre-snap. It's called post-snap processing. Obviously, that's something you want to have, but if he struggles at it, let's run a system that benefits him and takes him out of that mode. And it reads the same, he has the same reads to either side of the field and it spans all personnel groupings. He has the same target points and landmarks and everything. So it's comfortable. It's familiarity. It's three years in the system. The best receiving crew in terms of getting open in those early intermediate routes for Ryan Tannehill and the best patch protecting offensive line he has had in his career here. So that's why I'm excited. That's why I'm so bullish on this offense, this quarterback, and this team in 2018. But we'll have more for you guys on the pass catchers for Ryan Tannehill, including the guy that I am just absolutely convinced after doing a film study on him that he is the breakout star for the 2018 Dolphins. We'll do that next on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm realizing now that trying to maintain a secret throughout a podcast that you can listen to anytime you want, and it was published after a piece I wrote today on this receiver was already out. I realize that's kind of a tough task. It's Jakeem Grant. Jakeem Grant is the guy that I'm talking about, and I'm going to the numbers. I'm going to the tape. I'm going to the expectations and the projections for what he could be in 2018. And first, I want to start off by talking about the Dolphins safeguarding the position or the pass catchers on this offense. And I I didn't really think about this before today, and I wanted to share it with you guys. You have Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson, who are two pretty familiar type of players, two similar type of players, I should say, in the things they offer in offense. They're pretty much scheme diverse. They can play inside. They can play outside. They're very fast. They break a lot of tackles. They're slippery guys. They're, They're shifty playmakers in that sense. Those guys... One of those guys has to work out for this offense to be what it's supposed to be. And I, I feel good about one of them working out. You go to a player like Devontae Parker. He ha- he has had all of his woes and ups and downs with this team. And whatever you want to think about Devontae Parker, he still has budding ability to be a big-time player. He's just going to have to figure out how to get himself right off the field and in his program. But look at the guy that they just drafted that could safeguard Devontae Parker in that same respect. Mike Gusecki is expected to be a big-time tight end for us. Might not get up to speed right away, but I like the option of that lengthier, taller, boundary-type receiver that can play the X, play the Y. I like the options I have with Parker and Gusecki in that role. So between the two slot options with Grant and Wilson, not slot, just the type of player they are, I should say, and then the two types of players that Parker and Gusecki are, I really like the Dolphins' chances to come away with a good player that complements the other one at both of those positions. But talking more about Jakeem Grant, you just compare his numbers to some of the others in the league, and I reiterated this multiple times in the column because I don't want to become or be thought of as a homer in this regard. The sample size is tiny. The numbers are not the same. There's a reason he doesn't qualify. It's the same thing as like in baseball where a player doesn't qualify for a high enough batting average because he didn't have enough at-bats. Jakeem Grant didn't get enough at-bats for this to qualify, so you can definitely make that claim. However, you look at this list of players and receivers that are in this group, it's Yards per target, yards per route run, two of my favorite metrics to judge receivers based on. Pro Football Focus coined that yards per route ran, and it's a very good stat. I highly recommend subscribing to Pro Football Focus for their advanced stats. But Jakeem Grant is right there with Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, and I looked at all these big-time receivers, Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas. He's up there with those guys. He's better than most of those guys at 9.22 yards per route ran, considering Keenan Allen, 8.76. Adam Thielen, 8.99. Michael Thomas, 8.35. Antonio Brown, the best in the business, one of the best ever, in my opinion, 9.40. 
just .16 higher than Jakeem Grant's yards per target. Just a phenomenal number, though. You compare him to some of the other deep threats in the league, the Marvin Joneses of the league, the Robbie Anderson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Brandon Cooks, uh, who else here? Tyreek Hill. Some of these guys are up around you know, 10, 11 yards. You have Marvin Jones at 10.29, Tyreek Hill at 11.26, Jakeem Grant at 9.22, right there with these guys. So he has the big play ability, the big play threat. You go to yards per route ran. Julio Jones was tops, I believe, at 3.04 in the NFL. Jakeem Grant was right there at 2.21. So he's right there with some of the top guys in the league. 2.21 put him at eighth best in the NFL. So he's top 10 in both these very telling stats. Like I said, small sample size. But you go back to even his preseason tape or his regular season tape or even his college tape, and you see the same things. Level of competition does not change the kind of player he is. You want to press him, you want to press him and go bail out. He'll step on your toes, accelerate to about a five-yard landmark, come back, catch a screen pass, break three tackles, and score a touchdown. You want to try to press him with an inside hand jam. He'll fight that off. He'll get to the perimeter. And before you can even look up, he is by you and gone. You want to try to roll over someone over the top and play a off coverage with help over the top. He will press the toes of that defender, break it off for an in route or an out route, two-way go, and he'll make you look foolish in that sense, make a very easy throw for his quarterback. I just don't see a coverage that can defend him. If you give him enough opportunities, he's going to make enough big plays. He can play out of the backfield. He can play in the slot. He can play on the perimeter. This guy is going to be a breakout star this year. And I want to just ask for a little bit of a mea culpa on him back in 2016. I really soured on Jakeem Grant with all of his muffed punts that he had that year. He was just killing the Dolphins in that regard. But you look at what he does as a receiver, it's just too glaring and too obvious that this guy has a sudden just twitch about him. He has... I suppose good hands. The way he, the balance that he plays the game with, the the overall instincts that he has for the game. This guy, I just can't say enough about him, and I'm so excited to see what he does in 2018. And talking about Albert Wilson and that safeguard they have with him, Albert Wilson, I like him a lot too. But let's say Jakeem Grant becomes the star player that we hope he can become, and that I think he might become. If Albert Wilson doesn't really do much more than he did in Kansas City. If he becomes the same type of role player, you can get out of that expensive contract after two years, which coincidentally is when Jakeem Grant becomes an unrestricted free agent. So you have yourself a good option here. You bought yourself some time in the interim as well as a long term to figure out what's good, what the position is going to look like in the future. So I'm very excited about that. Very excited about this offense for the millionth time on this podcast. And we're going to talk about some stuff that's not so exciting on the other side of the podcast. We're going to kick off our segment, a new segment here called Futility Friday on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
And inspiring this next segment on the Locked On Dolphins podcast as I send you guys off for the weekend, a couple of things. It's the overall mindset of what the Dolphins have at quarterback currently, comparatively speaking to what they've had in the past in that nice little wedge between Ryan Tannehill and Dan Marino, and also some Benny Hill music, because who doesn't love Benny Hill music as you finish out this Friday? So I'm going to talk over the loop of Benny Hill's theme and talk about the monstrosity that was Jay Fiedler in the early 2000s, ruining a Super Bowl-laden talent roster with Ricky Williams. You had Chris Chambers out there, a very good offensive line, Pat Sertan, Sam Madison, Brock Marion, Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas, Tim Bowens, all of these guys that put the Dolphins in the top five of NFL defenses for three out of the four years Jay Fiedler was there. They had the league-leading rusher in 2012 and still couldn't even make the freaking playoffs that year. Go back to Jay Fiedler's passer ratings those four years. In 2000, 75.4, 24th best in the NFL. 2001 gets a little bit better. Actually, a lot of bit better. 80.3 skyrockets into 13th best in the NFL. 2002, 85.2 good for 16th best in the NFL. Then 2003, once Ricky Williams kind of got the box stacked on him, things opened up more for Jay, but he goes back to a 72.4 passer rating, 23rd best in the NFL. So you think back to what the quarterbacks have been for this team over the last several years and a couple of decades even now, it's just been bad for a long time. And so comparatively speaking, compared to what you have with the current quarterback, it's, I just... I can't fathom how we got here and how we have arrived at this point that we're somehow in the same position we have been for so long because it's just not the case. And you go back over Dolphins quarterbacks of recent memory and it gets even worse after Jay Fiedler, probably one of the best ones outside of a season from Chad Pennington. But that has been your weekend recap on the Futility Friday segment of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, talking about players of Dolphins past that really didn't shine particularly well the way Jakeem Grant might in 2018 or the way that Ryan Tannehill might in 2018. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the podcast today here. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, and check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and follow our flagship show at Locked On NFL, both on Facebook and Twitter. Check out the number one rated blog in the Locked On Network, LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk to you again on Monday for another edition of Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 